We all know that I love making and recording my own podcast. Loudmouth is my heart and soul. But what's even more fun is that it's easy to do. And guess what? (laughs) You can do one too. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Because it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and anywhere else you can listen to podcasts. You can make money from it with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast right there in one place for free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hi, you guys, and welcome back to Loudmouth Podcast. On this week's episode, I have my lovely friend, Julie Merkel, who I met in high school, and she just is amazing. She's so inspirational. I can't wait to hear or for you guys to listen to her talk about her job at the Muni in St. Louis, her job of, you know, owning a small business, being a photographer, and just her amazing insights. I always went to her whenever I had a problem in high school because she's just so smart and thinks about life in such a different way, and I... Just am truly grateful for her. So I can't wait for you guys to hear. I hope you all enjoyed this episode and enjoy Julie. Julie Merkel. I work at the Muni in St. Louis. I am the photo and video specialist there. Beautiful. Thank you so much. (laughs) Okay, so Julie, we met when I was in high school and you were helping out with Eureka Theater Company. Good, good times. Honestly, have most of it blacked out. Don't remember a lot, but... (laughs) it's fine so one of my first questions is kind of how you ended up working with the theater company and what kind of got you into that yeah for sure um so after I finished high school uh I went to Missouri State for a year uh just kind of realized that you know formal education wasn't really my style it wasn't how I learned best um so I was like let's just take some time off and figure out what's going to be my next step um so I came home, as a lot of a lot of college kids do, and my first instinct was, I just need to go somewhere really comfortable. I need to go somewhere where I need to do something that I know I can do and I feel positive in doing. So I, you know, I texted Miss A and I said, "Hey, I'm back. I need to just." Uh, I think actually I talked to her probably before the the semester ended and told mm-hmm. her that I was going back to school and it was like it was kind of an emotional conversation and she was like, "Well, you can always. I can always." there's always use for you here. And I was like, fantastic. I'm going to totally take you up on that. And I did for a really long time um, for, for yeah, a really long time. Um, and it was great. I loved going back. I loved hanging out with all the kids. I loved meeting like my friends, siblings and, and all those things and just kind of carrying it on. And I, I really do like teaching. I don't think I ever want to be like a teacher, but I really enjoy just going in on a weekend or whatever and just, just spreading some knowledge. And um, yeah, yeah. I, I have I have no regrets about that at all. Yeah, so I guess getting into a little bit of the schooling, but how 
what was kind of was there a moment when you decided that you were just like yeah this isn't how I'm gonna learn best or um there were yeah there were a couple moments um I remember like being in high school and just like just I can read like you know I can read things in a in a second but I can't always give it back to you you know kind of thing I can't always necessarily summarize exactly what I just read and the moment that it hit me I was in a um, stage management class at at Missouri State and the professor or whomever like handed us a like stage management 101 and he was like read this first chapter and we'll talk about it tomorrow and I remember being like okay yeah happy to do that um when are we going to go into the theater and like do stuff or like do we get to help out in shows and whatever and they're like yeah like you get that in your practicum or whatever I'm like you know no slight to most at all it's a wonderful school but I was just like I don't think do it for me I don't think I can read this out of a book um I just kind of have to go do it and that was the first time where I was like I think I do this differently than some other folks yeah and it just kind of kept manifesting from that, you know, and it was like, you know, I, I took algebra one, like four times between middle school and college. I just, you know, math wasn't it for me. Science wasn't it for me. And, and now looking back on it years, years, years later, like I'm just a, I'm an on hands, like tactile learner. Um, and, yeah. and now I know that to be true. And now I, I take education. I, I never went back to school or I took a couple of classes at like um, the community college here and there. But the same thing just kept coming to be true. I was like, I can't learn this out of a book. I just got to go out and do it. Um, so now I like to say that I just got my education out in the world. Yeah. I mean, as much as people like emphasize, you know, going to college and everything like that. I'm like, when I get in an interview, they never ask me about my college courses. <laughs> They ask me, you know, about my internships that I've had. So whenever you kind of decided that, you know, school just wasn't really in your life path, were you nervous to tell people? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Um, so I had kind of come to that conclusion within my first semester, honestly. Um, and I think I, I, I just kind of trudged through it because, you know, like your first semester is hard. You're away from home. A lot of my closest friends were still back home and everything. And I, I found myself coming home all the time. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of over winter break where I was like, I don't know, just this, you know, three weeks of being home, like this just feels right. And I dreaded going back. And it wasn't until a little bit into the spring that I finally told my parents that I was like, ah, this just isn't right. It's not for me. And it, of course it was difficult, it was tough. Um, but I think over the course of having to, you know, tell people that over and over again, I really only had one or two people who weren't even like important figures in my life, just like another set of like friends, parents, or like my uncle, mm -hmm. were like people who are only like, I don't think that's such a great idea. I don't think that's gonna be great for you. Um, oh, and I did have a really close friend of mine at the time um, tell me like, if I left, I was never gonna amount to anything. And that, yeah, I know. And that uh, I was making a big mistake. And honestly, that was the most impactful thing. That was kind of like my, my fuel of the fire for, for a couple of years. And I remember um, when, I, when I got the internship at the Muni, I was like, yeah, I mean, that's nerve wracking because that's just not the path, but yeah. you know, you gotta do away with that stigma, but like so many things you know yeah and also again i feel like the pandemic has changed a lot of people's minds about that because obviously pandemic but 
when I graduated, I was like, awesome. So now I have this degree that society made me feel like I needed. And now I'm in debt. And now I can't get a job. Well, I think even like taking the pandemic aside, like you, you shouldn't have to pick what you want to do when you're 17. And like, if you really break it down the number of, hello, the number of people that have a job in their, in their, in their degree is, I, I don't know the stats on it, but I feel like it's pretty low. I feel like the number that do totally outweigh. Yeah. 100%. I always tell people like, you know, go and do it for the experience kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you don't, that's okay too. You're going to, chances are you'll be okay. Fast forwarding a little bit, you help out with ETC, whatnot, and then you kind of get into photography. Is that around the same time? I had a photography class in high school with uh, Miss Del Horn, and she was just the coolest teacher ever. She was the bee's knees. She was the first person to ever be like, you kind of like have an eye for this. Maybe you want to like nurture that and like think about it. And I did. Um, so I kind of always been doing that on the side and I always had like this really funny joke that whether I went into like theater or photography like I was going to live out of a box no matter what I did <laughs> but, like there really wasn't you know they're going to both be mutually beneficial and both very difficult and I knew that going into it but I couldn't picture myself doing anything else um, so now fast forwarding way fast forwarding to present day I have the merits of the both of them and that is just like absolutely mind-blowing and like you know I'm doing okay um, so that's the most surprising. I can I can remember being maybe my senior in high school, a little bit into college or after, and just being like, if there's a way to marry the two, that would be awesome. Um, and I, I have a memory of like in 2006, I was watching a show at the meeting with my parents. And I remember saying, I'm going to be here someday. I don't know how, I don't know in what capacity or facility or anything like that, but like, I'm going to be here someday. And then it was in 2016, 10 years later. Um, that I got what was at the time the first the first photography internship um, which was super cool so so anyway so I've kind of been doing photography on the side um, I landed the cruise ship gig which was oh gosh uh, I forgot about that. I do too sometimes people <laughs> like you know that's just like that whole year 2015 is just talk about a fever dream almost like it never happened it's like <laughs> thank god I have proof that it did um, yeah, but like that took me, I mean, photography and videography now too have just taken me quite literally around the world. Um, and there have been phases where I just like days and, and now especially too, where it's really hard to pick up the camera. There were years where it was hard to pick up the camera because I just mm-hmm. didn't have the fuel for it. But but not, now it's just, it's one of it's one of my, it's my favorite expression. Yeah. It's the best thing to do. Yeah. So whenever you um, started getting in, to photography and whatnot, you kind of started your, not kind of, you did start your own business. <laughs> that was like downplaying it. You did start your own business. What was that like? Kind of how did you decide to do that? Just talk to yeah. me about it. <laughs> um, so I started JMP, J. Merkel Photo, um, in the winter of 2010. So we've just passed our 10 year anniversary with it, which is nuts. Um, I never, I never meant for it to be like a full-time gig. I never really wanted it to be that far, that big of a thing. I just kind of always wanted it to be a really good safety net on the side and something I could always fall back on. Um, and it worked. I didn't, it, the crazy thing about it, like I don't do a whole lot to promote it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's very, 
it is, in my opinion, a very epitome of small business because I truly just find people find me by word of mouth, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. It's it's also taken me some really cool places. Um, I've worked with a couple schools around the city and stuff like that. And then I have a lot of students and families come to me. Um, I do a lot of, not a lot of, but I probably do about four or five weddings a year on average, um, which is fine because those are lengthy and difficult, time consuming and exhausting. And then I just kind of always kept doing it and nurturing it. And I can remember the first couple shoots of just like with a new camera and not really knowing what I was doing. <laughs> and I look back at that now and I'm just like, oh, it's so, it's so cute and so charming. Um, but now, like I said, I, you know, I can go on a shoot and do somebody's headshots just lickety split, you know, yeah. I, I very much, I, I don't believe in a lot of the pomp and circumstance, if you will, of, of a lot of photo shoots. It kind of depends person to person and what you're doing, but you know, I don't think, I don't believe it's necessarily all about the gear and the equipment that you have. It's just kind of, you know, your repertoire with the person and, and just finding the right kind of groove and place to be in and, and things like that. So it's, it's definitely come a really, really long way. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm really, I think it's really exciting to think about that it's just technology that also keeps growing. And it's something that I don't think I'll ever age out of. You yeah. Know? So, I mean, it's always going to be around and it's always going to be improving, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have these iPhones that like a little bit feel threatening to the job, but, um, <laughs> you know, we're doing our best. Yeah. And I mean, you still need photography, like you still need people to capture the mo- moment who know what they're doing with it. <laughs> exactly. What do you think like the hardest part about kind of deciding to start your own business was like, what was the most challenging part about? Um. I think mm, that's a good one. Uh, it's it, this is kind of like a really like broad spectrum way to say, but like it's such a gamble. Like, cause you really could crash and burn, and like you know, if you like, it really puts your your knowledge to the test. Cause if you get something and you get a tricky situation, how, like knowing how you're gonna work around it, you know, if you're expecting a nice overcast day and the sun is just blindingly bright all day, you got to figure out how to work around that. And uh, so I think the, the trickiest part about it is just making making sure that, you know, you know you can do it and that and that, you know, come any tricky circumstances, you're gonna you're gonna do your absolute best to make the best outcome that you can. Yeah. So it's really truly just a gamble of like you really could crash and burn in just an instant or you can rise above and flourish. So you said like when you started that you kind of got the opportunity to shoot with schools around the area. How how did you kind of get involved in that and tell about that a little bit? Sure. Um, the exact same way, um, just through word of mouth. Um, I started shooting when I started shooting. I did some I did a couple shows at the high school at Eureka. Um, and I just kind of promoted that like a little tiny bit and then you know, just through like whatever Instagram or Facebook even platform, this might've even been pre-Instagram. I think it was, um, you know, just kind of like just in little drips and drabbles, just kind of putting that out there and just more schools taking a chance on you and um, people trusting that I know what I'm doing and uh, people having that trust of that. So I've been, I've been as far out as Troy High School. I shoot out there really often and they have a really magnificent program over there. I shoot with uh, Dayspring a lot of the time over there and a lot of things that they're doing um, and a lot of places in between. And it's just, it's always fun. It's always a challenge, um, but but yeah, exactly the same. Just just kind of word of mouth. 
Yeah. And like a, just a just a sprinkling of, of proof and then <laughs> that seems to be enough a lot of the time. And now obviously I have all of this to prove that I can do it. So Yeah. You're like, hey, I literally get paid <laughs> to do this. So let me do it. And I guarantee on a much bigger scale. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you kind of mentioned, you know, pre-Instagram and things like that. How has working with social media kind of impacted your role as a photographer and things like that? Um, it is 100% a love-hate relationship. <laughs> um, I, I love that it exists. I love to, when I'm really, really super proud and excited about something, I'm going to put that out there in a heartbeat. Um, not to say that there isn't something that I'm always proud of, but there there have been, uh, I'm going to level with you. I don't know the last time I opened my JMP Insta. <laughs> really not sure. Um, I am terrible at keeping up with that, um, <laughs> which is nuts for working in a, in a, in a marketing department of, yeah. of someone other brand, but I don't have to do that. So that's the difference. Um, it, it is great. It is, it is a hundred times easier to get your voice heard, the word out, um, just, you know, tags and hashtags and all that stuff. Um, it's, it's a hundred times easier. It's just getting yourself there to do it. It's very similar about a lot of mental health. It's just getting yourself to, to do the thing. And then it's, you're golden. You yeah. Know? Um, so yeah, it's a love-hate relationship. I love that it works and it's simple and um, it's really nice to hear really positive feedback about things sometimes and negative, you know, I'm, I'm open to anything. Um, but it's just, it's sometimes it's like choosing a child. Yeah. Add up a favorite batch and luckily you can do a lot of them, but uh, I'm just, I'm so bad at it. Yeah. And it sucks because like, at least with like running the podcast Instagram, I'm like, I have to remind, like, actively remind myself, like, you have to market a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like, in, in a weird way, I kind of have the pandemic to think that, you know, I haven't really, on top of that, I haven't had to put anything out there. Yeah. Doing anything, you know, no, you know, we've all gone through some hair phases in the pandemic, so I've shot a couple updated headshots here and there, um, but that's it. And I've been really fortunate, actually, to be in a position where I just kind of closed it down for a little bit. I just... Yeah. You know, like about November, I was like, you know what? It's going to get cold. And just with everything that's going on, let's just, I, I can afford to not, not do this until springtime. And it's been yep. great. I've, I've done just one itty bitty little project here, but that's, that's it for the most part. And so it's kind of nice because sometimes it does get weary, you know, to just be spending all of your Saturday mornings in the fall and in the spring out with, out with teenagers, which sometimes, <laughs> you know, getting them to come out of your shell is really, really difficult um uh and so so it's nice to have that little break so when the springtime rolls around I'm gonna want to pick it up and I'm gonna yeah go, you know so I've been really really enjoying this kind of downtime yeah and so kind of going off of that but since you know it's your career now too um but do you feel like you have ever gotten kind of burnt out on it? How do you kind of refuel your fire if you do feel yourself kind of getting low on motivation? Yeah, I absolutely do. I think if anybody says they're in it 24 seven, 365, they're either, they are superhuman. And I think that's to be true of a lot of passion, passion and passion projects. Um, no, I get very tired. I mean, we, we, if we end a seat, when we end a season in August, I am just winded, you know, like truly, you know, it's, um, 
it's a really fast paced and often repetitious pattern that we have for only three months is when it's where when we're in the literal heat of it. But by the end of that, you're I'm always winded and our our photography team, we I I, I'll speak for all of us and just say that we we do we kind of get worn out. So we take we take our time getting back into it, which is which can be really, really nice. And we can we can afford that. and, and whether it's in my like freelance personal life or working um, working at the Muni, you know, we, everybody that surrounds me is really understanding of that. Mm-hmm. Everybody, and I'm really understanding that of my other teammates and team members and things like that. So I think for me, the thing to do when I'm worn out after the summertime is I have to take on a passion project. I have to just kind of re- like do something that's entirely fun for me whether it's um, working on another show that like just with a local community theater or a high school or what, whatever it is, or um, just like a, like a music video project with friends or something like that. If I can get something that like really, really means something very personal to me, then I'm good to go for a little bit. That yeah. really, I can skate through on that for a couple months and feel really good about it and just do the little drips and drabs that come in, which is nice. Um, but uh so working at the Muni, like I, I, I'm in that office 24 seven when, when we have the office, you know, we're in there, we're in there all the time. And so it's kind of nice because there I have the freedom outside of this, outside of the season more so than anything to just kind of go and do whatever I want. Um, so it's kind of nice. So I get those winter and spring months to, and fall to just kind of load up on content. And just, if I have an idea, I can just go do it and make it. And that's also really, really nice because it still has those passion projects and kind of whatever I want, but it's, it's for a good and greater purpose. Um, but every now, every now and again, a nice long weekend is really important too. <laughs> okay. We've kind of talked about the muni job, but we didn't really talk about, you know, kind of how you got into it. So can you kind of explain that story, all that jazz? Oh my gosh, happily. Um, so at the end of 2015, when I came home from working on the ship, I, there was just this kind of a business of like, oh my gosh, what do I do next? Um, so I was like, well, this seems to be a good path. I kind of honed in a lot of skills on the photo and video side at the time. I was getting really getting into that. Um, so again, I kind of like went back to the whole marriage of photo and theater. Um, and I was just, I don't even know, somebody, I think a couple different friends had sent me a link that they had seen that um, there was an internship at the Muni for a phot- photography intern. Um, so I applied to it. I asked some other friends who worked there what it was like and if there was anything I needed to show or prove or what have you. And every single person was just like, just go be you. Just go be you. It is rare that an opportunity like this pops up. Just go in and just be yourself. Um, and I did. And I've always been very fortunate that I'm a good talker. I'm a good presenter. So I just went in and had a conversation with these two guys who are now unbelievably close to me and some of my nearest friends and my bosses, which is great. Um, and I got it, <laughs> uh, which was nuts. So in 2016, I started as an intern um, and, and truly just rocked and rolled my way through it. And at the end of the first summer, um, my the head of our marketing department at that point Kofi Coleman came up to me and and said so like how summer and I said this is the dream job this is it this is everything I could have ever imagined it is so fantastic I would love the opportunity to keep being here if possible and um now at the end of every
preseason, I go back to him and I tell him it's still a dream. And I'm so happy to be here. A couple of years, I kind of was able to wean myself off of being like on the intern, intern side of it. And I was kind of just in this middle ground part-time kind of person. And then um, they told me a couple of years ago that um, my boss at the time, Phil Hamer, was going to be retiring. He's going to be moving on. And would I be interested in taking taking his position when the time comes? Uh, and so they started grooming me for it and teaching me all these other ropes and things like that. And um, then just in, in last year, in 2020, that came to be. That is so awesome. And like you were kind of saying earlier, like in 2006, you said that you wanted to work there. So you truly just manifested your way through there. I I cannot believe it. I consider myself one of just the like luckiest individuals. I feel so honored and so grateful to be there. Not a day goes by that I take take my job for granted. Um, And it's cool. I mean, um, our office is... um, is largely women, which is awesome. We have a lot of women in leadership positions. Um, I, you know, I'm the only female who's been in this job as a, as the as the head staff photographer, which is super cool. Um, before me was the first black gentleman to do it, which was super awesome. So yeah, so we too, not a lot of people know this, but like the Muni too, it, we are also a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. We're a fucking crazy. Um, and uh, we, uh, the, the, the coolest thing, and I say this over and over again to a lot of different people about the Muni is we are an establishment that's been around for over a hundred years now. And nobody from either the 36 of us on the full-time staff to uh, just the actors that come in our front door, nobody there is better than anybody else. You know, nobody has a holier than thou. Nobody's job is more important than anybody else's. And that is so cool. Nobody ha- we nobody plays the hierarchy game. Everybody is totally quality. We're all there to serve one purpose, one goal, and everybody plays into it, which is just so cool. Yeah. Uh, and it's my it's my favorite thing. You know, I think we've all been in offices where you can like you know where the head triangle is or what have you. Um, that's not a thing. That is not a thing. Um, we we often ask ourselves. How, why do we all hang out so much? Because we do. We'll finish a nine to five day. Sometimes our days are a little bit longer. Sometimes we have 16 hour days if it's the right kind of day. We'll go out and we'll have lunch together. We, you know, we'll go out afterwards and have drinks together. We'll hang out on the weekends. We're texting each other constantly. Um, it's, I feel like a lot of people say this and I do believe it's true, but like we're a family. Mm-hmm. Like we just, we are all of us. And that's the cool thing about it, especially with the cast, like it spans almost across the world. Like we have people that have come to be here, not even just in the States, but across the world. Um, and that is so neat. Like, you know, people talk about like the Muni in their, you know, in certain communities all across, people know who we are. And that yeah. is so cool. That's yeah. so cool. It blows my mind. But I think like, I mean, not to make it all about nonprofit work but that's kind of one of the biggest characteristics that like I've seen in nonprofits and I think especially like if even if you're you know a guest of the Muni and you go and you watch a show like you feel that energy you feel like you know this is everyone's passion project like they are truly like you guys are truly involved in making it the best experience for everyone who comes and sees a show and everyone who works there and works on a show and I feel like that's what kind of brought me to like or made me stay in the nonprofit world is even as an intern and I mean you kind of said this earlier like it 
like you do real ass work from the get-go like you are needed and like I have never felt like I wasn't just as important as you know the executive director Mm -hmm. that's amazing I think it's so important when internships aren't just like you know the coffee runners if you will but like when they are the the companies that truly groom their interns to be like gain knowledge mm-hmm. is incredible. And I think that that's really rare. And when people find that they got to cling to that. So, and like, you know, that company's doing something right. Somebody yeah. somewhere set that precedent and it's just, it's unbelievable to me. Yeah. I, think that's so under- I feel like, yeah. yeah, pretty much any internship I've had with a nonprofit, they've been like, okay, so what do you want to learn from this? And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm just here to learn. And they're like, okay, well, if you have a Patrick, project that you want to do or anything you want to learn more about like just let us know and we'll make it happen so okay I do want to talk to you about something because I've been thinking about this a lot recently especially with the Super Bowl and moving to Kansas City and whatnot and sports are not my forte obviously but you know whatever if they make people happy that's great football is like my least favorite sport because I do not understand it in any single way, shape, or form. I want to hear your opinion and how you felt about just in the pandemic, how, how sports have kind of, they're almost normal right now. Like, but yet, you know, the arts are kind of, which I know the Muni worked around that. So maybe not specifically the Muni, but just like, yeah yeah um yeah first and foremost the arts are suffering in ways that um i don't think anybody could have ever predicted and in another way really being um dare i say taken advantage of um you know when you think about it when it all started and the thing that i know a lot of us as as artists across everywhere really tried to push across is like um those tv shows you're binging that music you're listening to this and that that that's art that all came from those are actor actresses singer songwriters there and so much more beyond that um you know the puzzles that you guys are making whoever is making like some artists created that you know it just it's it's everywhere um it is really unfortunate i do think that uh as as you can place in so many places even in schools that that sports were the thing we had to push through you know that was it that was the um that was the form of entertainment that we had to get under control. Um, I haven't paid too much attention to sports. I'm with you. Like uh, we could take it or leave it. I like baseball. I like hockey. I like soccer. You know, I like all these things, but I yeah. wasn't like, oh, snap, we don't have that. That's a bummer. Um, I, and I will say the things that I have watched, I will say, I don't get the same thrill that you normally do. And I think that's that's the hardest part about theater. Like you said, actually, it's about like the experience, you know, we're not selling a product and, and they're not really either, but um, it's just, it's so unfortunate that, um, you know, there's a, a whole hashtag and a whole movement that save our stages, but we're not worried about, you know, you know, the fo- football's doing just fine. Yeah. And, and by extension of that, all the companies that work with that, they're doing yeah. just fine. Um, and for us, you know, your local, your local dancewear shop probably is not doing so well right now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, your, even your local, um, voice teachers, I know, you know, a lot of kids and, and not even the kids, but sometimes their parents are like, well, we've got nothing for them to work towards right now. So why? Yeah. 
and that ripple effect just keeps going and going and going. Um, so I think uh, to, to put it really in one sentence, I think it's wildly unfair and it just really sucks. It yeah. really, I miss it. Um, not even not even just like the muni aside, um, I, I co-run a, a small community theater here and you know, we're suffering, we're bored, it's terrible. Yeah. You know, everything we come up with, the question we always put before ourselves is like, but will this matter? What is the impact that this will do? You know, if we just do like a quick little virtual concert, who is that serving? Is that gonna help us? Is that gonna, you know, this and that? And it's just so many things that it's just, it hurts. It just yeah. hurts in, in every form of the word. And not to say that, you know, like sports is some people's passion project. You know, I don't mean to like, you know, I don't mean to knock it or anything like that. That's totally people's bag, baby. And that is fine. Mm -hmm. Um, I just don't, you know, I, I, I can't, I have a hard time putting myself in the, in the cleats of yeah. those who, uh, didn't get to have it because they did, even yeah. if it's, the, even if it is the Lakers playing in the bubble, ha, I know that much, um, <laughs> you're still experiencing it and they're still doing it and they're still getting paid to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny. I think kind of going like just back to how some people don't understand hand how much the arts impact their everyday life I just don't get how you don't realize how much the arts impact literally your everyday life like not to say that every every activity if you will is suffering but I I just feel like uh sports are doing okay yeah <laughs> like to really even break it down like just the people are suffering you know like when you think about all those you know you know it, Everybody, almost everybody I know that lives in New York, uh, at least like I like that I personally know, not that mm -hmm. like I follow Twitter kind of thing. Like, they're not they're not there right now, yeah, because uh, there's not anything to do. And uh, I just think you know all those uh, from the, from Broadway to LA and Chicago and everything. Just everybody has had everything ripped away from them. You know, so many of those folks that I know or know by association, you know, they're in real estate now, or they're bankers, or they're um, they're working somewhere in the healthcare because they know that's a stable thing that's not mm -hmm. going to go away for like a while, right? Yeah. And I think that that's 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 so tragic. And even doubly on top of that, to show that even the couple months where the sports people, athletes—that's what they're called, athletes, sports people, uh, sports folks—weren't uh, doing their thing. You know, their livelihoods. Not to say all of them weren't, but most of their livelihoods, professional ones, they mm -hmm. weren't working. You know, uh, yeah. again, a lot of heavy speculation, but you know, when you have your contract to play with this person and that person, and it's several million dollars, but you know, the, one of the, some of the top leading actors and actresses on Broadway are like, well, <laughs> uh, well, um, I think that's also really telling. And even circling back just to the, to the whole beginning of this conversation, like photography industry just tanked, you mm -hmm. know, um, weddings went away. No one was outside doing their senior photos. You know, we don't have a reason to do headshot updates right now necessarily. So I just, I know so many, uh, again, like local companies and even just freelancers, just individual folks or couples or whatnot that just really, really suffered. Yeah. Really suffered. And that's just, it's really unfortunate. I know a lot yeah. that are making back now, which is fantastic, but it's just, it sucks. They're it sucks. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks. But yeah, I just really wanted to have that conversation with you because now um, I've been seeing you do yoga every day. And I just kind of want to talk about it because I want to talk about it. So what is that? How did you, like, have you been doing yoga throughout the whole pandemic? And kind of how did you get into that and stuff like that? Totally. Um, I started 
dabbling in yoga, I don't know, a long time ago, mm-hmm. several years ago at this point. Um, because I just hate working out. I hate, um, and I'm going to tell you why, Madhead, I hate counting. <laughs> That's why I hate working out is because I hate counting. Um, and I don't want to do it. And it's boring and it's repetitious. And um, I don't get nearly as much satisfaction out of like weightlifting as I do a good yoga flow. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I really got back into it uh, pre-pandemic, pre-pandemic for sure. Um, because I also just found like for mental health, it was just the best way to calm my body and to really just do a lot of um, strength training and work within my own body. Um, and with it, a lot of meditation because that's, you know, can be easily put into the practice. Um, so I really kicked, I kicked into high gear um, with the pandemic, of course. Um, but then uh, Yoga with Adrienne is who I almost religiously follow it with. Uh, you know, she has, a, she has four or five, I think now, like 30 day journeys, which are fantastic to do. Um, and just day to day things is the best because a lot of her things is not sponsored, but just, you know, throwing that in there. I'm just a nice <laughs> right? Um, she's just got something for every, everything, everybody, which is fantastic. You know, high anxiety days, she's got so much for that. Uh, stuff for working at a desk, she's got great stuff for that. Um, nighttime, daytime, middle of the day, it's just fantastic. And, and, and like I said, just for, for my mental health and the way that I want to take care of, of my shell, if you will, um, yoga was the way to do it. It's just, you know, and I've had not a lot, but I've had my fair share of just like injuries over the years. So I can't do a lot of the things that I, that I used to be able to, you know, I, I used to run, I can't do that for the life of me anymore. I don't like to use the word can't, but I can't, yeah. um, you know, so, uh, it's, uh, it's just, it's my favorite thing to do. Um, and kind of like something I said before, the hardest thing about it is just to get on the mat every day, you know, but once yeah. you do, it always pays off and it is always so worth it. Yeah, it really is. Like, yeah, the motivation to start is like the worst thing ever. But once you do it, you're like, that wasn't that bad. Come down. Just at the top of the pandemic, it kind of forced us all to just slow our rolls, mm-hmm. you know, and just really put stock in what's going to be important to us and really made us realize that, um, you know, an hour of time with our family is so attainable. It's yeah. so attainable. And to take it a step further, all those companies that said, we can't work from home. Yes, you can. Well, you can. And what does that do? That opens it up for a whole, a whole nother just influx of people to be able to work for these, work for whatever company is. Um, but I like you, I don't like to slow down. I'm really, really bad at it. And not even that, um, I just always like to have something going on. Mm-hmm. And now thinking about that and having the time in March, I did a lot of meditating and reflecting and journaling. About all those things, and it really helps, like put um, put everything where you need it to be, and that was really important. And just to really have a moment of reflection and be like, you are working yourself to the to the bone, um, and you know, also a lot of reflection in, into into and I'll talk with therapists and stuff of just being like, well, why do you why do you feel the need to do that? And you know, and that just you know, is a whole another health journey. But um, <laughs> in a lot of ways, I'm really really um, dare I say thankful uh, for the pandemic forcing me to slow down yeah a lot of people do but I can only speak for myself yeah and I mean yeah that was something that we had a conversation on Instagram literally the other day just yeah making yourself be like okay (laughs) take into account everything that's going on and actually like focus on your feelings for half a second Mm -hmm. because yeah there that's something that I'm can be guilty of and 
you know, one of the things I've always stood by one of my huge life mantras is like the universe is always in your favor and the universe is going to tell you what you need. Similarly to the way that your body is going to tell you what you need, mm-hmm. which is why, and this is a whole other spiral, but I'll keep it really, really short. It's just like, I always take such an issue with like dieting and tips and tricks and things like that. Like, yes, there's always good, healthy eating, but the days when you're like, my everything in me just wants a cheeseburger and fries. <laughs> Like you're fine. That's something in your body or even just in your mindset being like, this is what, this is what I need. This is yeah. what I need for me. And I'm going to give my body what it's asking for. Um, and I just think that, that, that I think a lot of the worldview and perspectives on some of those things, in my opinion, are so skewered. Oh yeah. That, that you know, the, 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 the world, the universe, your existence is always in your favor and what you put forth, you get back. Yeah. And, um, and it's not saying that good things won't come to you, but like you, and that you do have to work for them. You can't just sit back and, but you have to really put it in and change your vibration and the meditation of, of everything. It's, it, there's, I don't know, there's a lot to be said about it, but. Yeah, we could do a whole nother podcast episode on that. Yeah, but. <laughs> but small and condensed, yes. Small and condensed. Yeah, give yourself what you need and um, the universe is going to help you out. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So now on to one of my favorite portions of doing interviews with people, but advice, you know, talking about kind of like we've talked about your experiences and all that, all your many things that you've done. So to kind of put it into words for other people, but like, so let's start out with, you know, leaving school deciding to leave like formal school what kind of advice would you give to people who would be or want to go through kind of the same situation or are going through it formal education is everywhere it does not have to be in a school it does not have to be given by a teacher um more often than not i hit up my friends i said hey i have a question about audio editing and sound engineering can i just hang out with you for a day and learn absolutely there you go education um, I don't think you have to learn out of a book. And I dare I say, sometimes I don't think you, that you should. I think that a college experience is good. I think that it is wonderful for your social skills and um, learning how to kind of go out and be on yourself kind of thing. I get, that's not, not, that's not for everybody either. Um, I would say, give it a shot, but it doesn't have to be a university. Look into a trade school. If you need to go travel the world for a year, not this year, not last year, but in some years from now, um, go do it. That's an education beyond your wildest beliefs. I think that the the year I spent on the ship was more valuable to me than most of my formal education. Beautiful. Questions on, you know, starting your own business. What kind of advice would you give to someone who wants to do that? Yeah, run off there. <laughs> um, do it. Um, jump, but jump, jump into it wholeheartedly. Um, if, if, uh, to steal words that you and I have both heard before, if you can imagine doing anything else in the world, do that first. Um, but if you have something to believe in um, that, that you think you can do, do it. Do the research, do the work, um, save the money, spend the money, invest, uh, do the education, seek advice. Um, but if you're going to do it, do it wholeheartedly. Beautiful. Okay. And then with finding your dream job right now because obviously those things are always evolving and you're always evolving but right now what advice would you give to someone who's you know starting out at 
an internship level with the place that they really want to work at. Mm-hmm. Um, ask questions. First and, for- first and foremost, ask questions. Ask questions of the people that you are working with. Um, the worst thing that you're going to be told is no. And, and you're going to be okay. You know, if you're working in an intern and you're in the copy room, send an email, uh, pick up the phone, call to someone, ask a receptionist, ask the person you want to know and, and, and say, hey, this is, I'm happy to be here, but this is something that I'm really, really interested in. Could I shadow you for a day? Um, the number of emails that I get forwarded to me from freelance photographers in St. Louis asking about coming to take photos at the Muni, I get them several times a month. Um, and I almost never say no. I say, if I can accommodate you to come in and hang out with me for a day just to shoot rehearsal or something like that, absolutely, come be with me, you know? Um, the worst I can say is not this week, but maybe next, you know, or whatever. Um, so ask questions, reach out to those people, you know, even if you're not in an internship yet, social media, the platforms for that, they're all there. Tell people where to follow you, all that fun stuff, whatever, last words. Um, <laughs> don't follow me. I don't do anything. Um, <laughs> you see some pictures of my cat. No. Um, Always beautiful though. <laughs> Yeah, she's all right. Uh, I, I'm on Instagram. I think my handle is J underscore Merkel. You can follow me there. And uh, when the summertime kicks up, I post a lot of stuff there about <laughs> all, of, all of this on the wall behind me. Um, and every now and again, you'll get some really in, in deep insight into my stories about something that I've seen that day. Um, go get it, guys. Go go get it. Thank you so much, Julie, for being on here. It was so nice to talk to you. It was so nice to see you, Maz. I'm so proud of you. I'm proud of you. Stop it. Don't make me cry. (laughs) Thank you so much. I will talk to you very soon. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you all enjoyed Julie talking about the beauty, yoga, and everything in between. Make sure you follow her. I will have her links down in the show notes and also make sure to follow me on instagram at loudmouthpod email me loudmouthpod1 at gmail.com and tell me who you want to hear on this podcast tell me what you want to hear me talk about anyway i love you guys have a good rest of your week i'll talk to you next wednesday